1 Samuel chapter 28 tonight, we continue our study through uh, the book of 1 Samuel. Uh, recall, please, last Wednesday night in chapter 27, we saw David, uh, I said afraid and, and discouraged. And Mike, I think both of those things are true. Uh, we saw David kind of head south to Gath. That's a Philistine place, a, a Philistine city. And uh, kind of jump in, take up with uh, the pagan Philistines, uh, obviously not the right thing. To do so, and I don't think I used this word last week, uh, I think I read it this week, to do so, I mean, that, that's compromise, uh, to, to go south. I understand he had a reason, Zach. He, he uh, was still concerned about Saul and, and Saul pursuing him, but uh, obviously uh, when we have a concern, when we're frightened, when we're you know, he was trying to get away from an enemy. Uh, we, we, need to keep it, we need to keep it righteous and biblical and godly. And for, for David to kind of just jump right into a Philistine city and take up with those folks, that'd be a significant compromise. Mike, you recall he got into trouble, some dishonesty there as well. Uh, and you could just see uh, there how one wrong choice, one sin, pretty easily leads to another wrong choice, another sin, compromise, uh, and then dishonesty. You recall that uh, David uh, let the king of Gath uh, believe that he was going out and launching attacks against uh, the south of Israel, right? Uh, when in fact he was going out and launching attacks uh, against uh, uh, the, the Philistines uh, in, in that area. So uh, there, was, there was a number of, of errors on David's part here. We see here tonight a little bit about David in the beginning of this chapter, uh, and then uh, the focus is really on Saul. The next two chapters will pick up the account of David that we see here, uh, and then the final chapter of, of 1 Samuel, we'll see the death of Saul and his sons in, in chapter 41. But I'm going to pray and we'll, we'll jump in here tonight and, and see what the Lord has for us. Sound good? All right, let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, tonight for our church. Thank you for each one who's able to come out tonight. Uh, Lord, I'm grateful for each one and I pray that you will work here in our midst tonight. Uh, Father, as we look into your word, I, I pray that you will help us to see the things that you would desire us to see tonight. Uh, Lord, help us to take up those things and to, uh, we ask that you would apply them to our hearts and, and to our walk with you in a very practical way. Uh, Lord, we've seen that uh, David compromised and uh, he was dishonest and um, we understand that that's a situation that uh, can quickly become a, an even more uh, grave situation, one, one that invites uh, more compromise and, and perhaps your chastening. Lord, help us to get a hold of that tonight. Lord, we love you. We thank you. Uh, work here now tonight, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to just jump right in here. 1 Samuel chapter 28 tonight. Make sure you have a Bible, please. 1 Samuel uh, chapter 28. The Bible says, It came to pass uh, in those days that the Philistines gathered their armies together for warfare uh, to fight with Israel. So, uh, David has, has led the, the king of Gath, Achish, led him to believe that he's been out there uh, launching attacks in, in southern Israel. Mike, 
uh, Achish probably thought, well, David's been out there softening up that territory, softening up those strongholds. This would be a great time for us to go in there uh, and really just level the place and, and reclaim territory that, that's been taken from us. And so uh, I'm sure, I'm reasonably sure at least, that's, uh, that's what Achish had been thinking. Uh, look here in the next part of verse 1. The Bible says, and Achish, again, this is, this is the king of Gath, uh, this Gentile place, forgive me, Philistine place, well, they're Gentiles too, that David had fled to. Achish said unto David, uh, Know thou assuredly that thou shalt go out with me to battle uh, thou and thy men. Remember, David had quite a few men with him when he fled down to, to Gath. Uh, this puts David in a difficult place, Brother Gary. Uh, he's, he's there thrown in, thrown his lot in with the Philistines, if you will, and, and he's led them to believe that he's been launching raids against southern Israel, but now they really are going to do that, and uh, he, he's in a tough place. He's, uh, he's in a little bit of a quandary here. Is he, is he actually going to go out with them uh, and launch tax against uh, Israel, or is, uh, what's he going to do? What, what's he going to do? This is a difficult thing. Uh, verse 2 says this, David said to Achish, surely thou shalt know what thy servant can do. He didn't really answer them, but he led him to believe that, yep, you, you know I'm a great warrior, and uh, me and, and, and my men, we, there's a lot we can do. We, we, we can go out and, and do whatever needs to be done. Gary didn't quite answer him uh, directly. He said, well, sure, you, you, you know what we can do. It's not really a, a, a strong affirmation that he intends to join them in the battle, but uh, I'm sure that's what David wanted him to think. Sure, king, you know how strong we are. He, he, Mike, he, he let him believe once again uh, that, that he would join them. Verse continues, Achish said to David, therefore will I make thee keeper uh, of mine head forever. Uh, kind of ironic that here the, the Philistine king of Gath says, well, okay, David, I'll, I'll offer you this position. You'll be the sort of my chief bodyguard. Men from this place would later on become David's bodyguards, which is interesting. But uh, here David is uh, an Israelite who's uh, thrown his lot in with these Philistines, these pagans, uh, and now he's being challenged to go and fight Israel with the Philistines. Uh, and in exchange for that, Brother Art, he's being offered a position. So this is really a mess. Uh, it's a terrible mess. And boy, tonight, this, Mike, this is just a great reminder that if we don't take care to stay where God wants us, to stay in God's will, to keep our, to keep our lives godly, to stay separate from places and people that we should not be uh, entangled with, we could get dragged down the wrong road pretty quickly. Lord, help us to, uh, to know where those boundaries are, to not get tangled up in the wrong places and the wrong things uh, and the wrong people and to get dragged into things that, that you would not have us uh, to get dragged into. I think that's, that's a really practical uh, and kind of obvious, I guess, application of this situation here. David's put himself in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people, and he's being dragged into something. And, and I think tempted also. He is being tempted with uh, position. Uh, he's already been given a, a place, a town, where uh, he can kind of have his people and his men, and I guess probably some family as well. Uh, so he's, he's been... He's been given that a place. Now he's being offered some position and, and some power. And maybe there's a temptation here, Mike, that, yep, he really will kind of just completely throw in with the Philistines. And 
if, if he can go out with them and battle against Saul, you know, Saul deserves to be attacked. And uh, may, maybe there's a temptation to actually join up with these folks and, and go into battle against Saul. Uh, well, that would put him into battle with Israel. And certainly that's not God's plan. David is to be the next king of Israel. And, uh, and he knows that. Now, um, we'll, we'll kind of come back to this. But um, there's a... Um, Verse 3, I want you to see verse 3. Yes, there's a verse 3. Yes, Pastor, we know that. There's a little bit of uh, additional background information that the Lord supplies in verse 3 that we kind of need to have in order for this passage to make sense to us. And so uh, verse 3 says this. Now Samuel's dead. We know that. He's been dead for a few years now, uh, it would seem. And all Israel had lamented him uh, and buried him in Ramah. Yep, that's, that's the biblical way. Uh, burial, even in his own city. Uh, and Saul, so that's the first thing, Samuel's dead. Zach, when someone uh, living uh, in the Old Testament under the Old Covenant before Christ came and died on the cross, before he was buried and uh, was resurrected, rose again, uh, Old Testament believers, where did they go? Did they go straight to heaven or did they go somewhere else? They, they went to that paradise, right, that we see uh, in Luke 16. So we understand uh, Samuel has died and, and that's where he's gone. He's, he's in that two compartment place, looks to be in the heart of the earth. Uh, one side being kind of what we think of as hell, place of punishment. The other side being paradise. You remember that from Luke 16. So uh, Samuel's dead and um, he's been dead for several years. And uh, as a uh, Old Testament believer who lived and died before the cross, he's, he's in that place called paradise. Second thing you need to know here in verse 3, uh, and, okay, Saul had put away uh, those that had familiar spirits uh, and the wizards out of the land. Now, it, it seems to be the case that um, Saul had decided, you know, he should do some things right <laughs> for the Lord. Uh, you remember throughout the um, Pentateuch, there's a number of passages, Mike, that deal with the occult and people who practice the occult. And uh, you remember probably the Lord had pronounced a death penalty for uh, people who, who practice different aspects of the occult. Uh, it seems like Saul decided to kind of get right uh, on that aspect of scripture here. I don't think we could say for sure why that is. Maybe, maybe he's trying to kind of curry favor with the Lord. We saw David get kind of religious in the last chapter in response to his sin. Rather than getting right with, right with God, he just got religious. Maybe Saul's doing the same thing, Brother Gary. Uh, maybe Saul, not quite willing to get right with the Lord, but willing to be kind of religious. Uh, he's, he's looked back and said, well, we're not supposed to have these uh, these uh, people that are uh, telling, uh, doing fortune telling, and uh, these, 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 uh, those with familiar spirits, witches and, and wizards, uh, some of them may have been killed, it seems, and some of them have been put out of the land. Um, and so this, this is important information. This is the passage, of course, where we're going to meet the witch at Endor. Uh, she's not described that way in scripture. She's, she's described as a woman at Endor who has a familiar spirit. Um, familiar spirit sounds a little bit strange to us, but it, the, the underlying word simply has the idea of someone uh, who deals with the dead, someone who practices 
uh, necromancy, trying to communicate uh, with the dead. This is specifically prohibited by the Lord. You see here also references to wizards. Um, the underlying word for wizard has the idea of brother art of knowing one or, or one who knows things. And you know, I was thinking about that, that today. And isn't it interesting? We, we've made this observation many times. Isn't it interesting how Satan always wants to make a mockery of and corrupt what the Lord does? The Lord has prophets, doesn't he? Uh, he has prophets. Samuel was a prophet, right? They, had, they knew things from the Lord and, and spoke forth uh, God's word and, and God's plan uh, because the Lord had given that to them so, that, so they knew things from the Lord. They had that unique privilege. They held that unique office of prophet. Uh, wizardry uh, is really a mockery of that office of, of, of a prophet in the sense that these, these are people who, who know certain things and, and want to kind of be like a prophet, but rather than receiving their knowledge from the Lord, they receive it from who, church? The devil, right? The demons, the devil himself, or, or, or demons. So uh, in, every, in, in both cases here, the ones that are described as having familiar spirits uh, or wizards, uh, we know that these are people who are practicing what we call the occult. Uh, they're, they're trafficking in, in, in demons. Uh, everything that they would do, whether or not they realize it, uh, is is demonic and uh, of course the, the 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 woman the witch at Endor who would do fortune telling uh, she would go into a trance probably and give herself over to demons the demon will take over and kind of pretend to be a person we'll see we'll see um, that's probably what she expected here in this passage uh, wizards you know who who knows exactly uh, how they practiced what they practiced in in Saul's day but. What we know for sure is that these are, these are folks that have involvement in the occult, uh, which always involves uh, demons. Make a couple of notes. Um, just make, write down a couple of references, please. Back in Leviticus 19 and verse 31, well before the people went into land, Lord said, regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. God said, don't have anything to do with, with this occultism. It's, it's demonic. He says, I'm, I'm God and I'm telling you, and that's the reason don't, don't do it. Uh, and write down another reference in Leviticus 20 and verse 6. Leviticus 20 and verse 6, uh, the Lord described a consequence for those that would disobey him uh, in this area. He said, the soul or the person that turneth after such as have familiar spirits or, and go after wizards to go a whoring after them, I will even set my face against that soul and will cut him off from among uh, his people. So Lord pronounced, Lord made it clear, uh, his people would have nothing to do with any of this demonic business. And, and if they did, uh, they, would, they would suffer consequences. The Lord warned them again later on in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 18, I believe. We won't turn there. But he warned them, Mike, when they got into the promised land uh, where all of those pagan Canaanite people were living, they were going to encounter people practicing all sorts of demonism, wizardry, and uh, all different forms of the occult. He said, you take care to not go after them, to not seek them, uh, and to not get caught up in their uh, practices. 
Uh, because if you do, there's going to be consequences. The Lord would chasten uh, his people for that. So, uh, Gary, we understand this stuff is still around today. Devil really doesn't have a lot of new tricks. He's put different faces on the same kinds of things, right? Just like we talk, Rich, about the different cults that are about out there. Uh, they're really just different tellings of the same lies that go all the way back to, to the Garden of Eden. Uh, the occultism that's practiced today is really just sort of uh, different sort of dressing up or different veneers uh, on the same kind of, of pagan uh, witchcraft that, that we see back here. Today it's called Wicca or magic or you see tarot cards or astrology. There's all kinds of practices today that, that people stray into uh, that are um, based on the occult, uh, traditional Chinese medicine, uh, acupuncture, yoga, tai chi, the other martial arts, contemplative mysticism, what's being called mindfulness today. All, all of these things are absolutely undeniably rooted in the occult and while they may be effective in the sense that they uh, will sometimes produce the effect or the result or, or what people seek from them, they'll get from them, the way that's accomplished uh, is demonic. And we understand the Lord is allowing some of these things at this time, but Zach, just temporarily, right? So um, just as God uh, called people back in Saul's day, David's day, Saul's day, and well, well before that, uh, to not to, to be separate, not 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 to not be to, to be separate, uh, to be separate from these things. We understand that today, uh, we are certainly called to be separate from these things as well. There's no question about that. So, uh, that's kind of the the background here for the the balance of the chapter. Samuel has died. Saul has Saul's kind of gotten religious uh, for for some reason and dealt with some of these that have familiar spirits, demons, uh, and some that have been practicing wizardry. Uh, and we see here also that the Philistines are getting ready. Gary, it seems to launch a large attack uh, against Israel, uh, would seem to be from the south. Uh, so, so let's see here, uh, verse four. Uh, the Philistines gathered themselves together and came and, and pitched in, in Shunem. And Saul gathered all Israel together uh, and they pitched in Gilboa. This would be further up north, so they've, they've traveled well into the land and, and moved to the north. Uh, Mike, picture yourself as Saul now, your king. Uh, you see this giant invading army pretty deep into your territory. This is not a good situation. Uh, verse 5 says this, when Saul saw the host of the Philistines, the army of his enemy, uh, he was afraid. The Bible says he was afraid uh, and his heart greatly trembled. What should we do when we're afraid, church? Pray. pray. What we should do is pray. Seek the Lord. Take it to him, right? Give it to him. Uh, we know with thanksgiving, uh, trusting in him. Uh, Saul, Saul did that. Um, he, he did uh, go to the Lord. Uh, verse 6 says this, when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord answered him not. Uh, one man said he had disregarded the Lord, and now the Lord disregarded him. And that's true, right? I mean, Saul has, Saul's a man who, despite the fact that he's gotten kind of religious recently in, in dealing with some of these who've been trafficking in, in, in demonism, uh, his overall record, at, at least in recent days, uh, has not been one of obedience. Uh, and so 
uh, we, we, we would agree. He, he's disregarded the Lord over and over and over again. And now probably when he feels that he needs the Lord the most, the Lord says, you know what? I'm, I'm just not going to answer. You've, you've not been interested in me. And um, that part of the chastening that he would experience is evidently not hearing from God uh, at this time. And verse 6 again says it this way. When Saul inquired of the Lord, uh, the Lord answered him not. Uh, neither by dreams, and we understand in the Old Testament uh, economy, if you will, the Lord sometimes did speak to people through dreams. Don't believe the Lord is doing that today, or at least not typically. Uh, nor by Urim, you remember the Urim and the Thummim and the Ephod uh, of the priest. Uh, those, so they've been called sacred stones, Gary. Uh, and we, understand, we recall that the Lord um, gave them to be used by uh, typically the priest to help discern God's will uh, at different times. We're not sure exactly how uh, that was accomplished, but we know that God did uh, give those uh, for, for that purpose. Um, Saul doesn't have access to those uh, right now. You may recall back in chapter 22, uh, he had um, most of the priests to be killed uh, and this man, Abiathar, took the Urim uh, and Thummim to David. So Saul doesn't have that uh, to consult. Uh, he's, he's had the priests killed, or, or, or many of them. So uh, obviously the Lord would not be pleased uh, with that. Uh, so he, he's not hearing from the Lord by dreams, uh, nor by Urim, uh, nor by prophets. Samuel is gone. Uh, Samuel's deceased, right? He's, he's, he's gone. Uh, and so Saul has to decide what to do. He's prayed, uh, and he's not heard from God. I want to ask, uh, gentlemen, think about this for a second. When, you've, when you have prayed, and you don't, you don't sense the Lord is answering, but, but you, have a, you have a pretty urgent need for God's direction, for God's guidance. We might say, Mike, for God's wisdom. And, and you're praying for that, uh, but you don't feel like God is leading you. Uh, but you're, you know, maybe you're not exactly in a situation like Saul was facing an army that's about to attack imminently. You're praying and you feel like you need an answer right away, but you don't, you don't sense you're getting it as you pray. Gentlemen, what can you do? What can you do? You keep praying. You can keep praying. You can keep praying, and, and, and you probably should, not probably, you, you should keep praying. Um, yes, certainly, Brother Ray. Um, did Saul have access to um, a portion of what we consider the Bible now? Did he in his day? He did, didn't he? He did, right? He did. Uh, he had access to, that's no doubt, how he knew to deal with those that had familiar spirits, demons, and, and those that were practicing wizardry, that's how he knew uh, that God desired that, that he as the, the king would deal with those people. Uh, yeah, he had that portion of God's word that was available to a man living in his day. Uh, and so, Brother Ray, is, is there something there? Is, is there something in that? Yes, he'd keep praying, but could he, could he look into the Bible and say, well, okay, I don't feel like God's given me some specific direction in, in my heart as I pray, but maybe there's something I find in his word that would guide me. Go ahead. The reason 
Yeah, he, and, and he probably felt like he couldn't afford to be patient. Listen, I think we can look at this and say, well, we know. Um, I think we could say at least, <laughs> I think we know that God is not answering him more directly be, as, as a form of chast- chasing, chastisement. It's, it's pretty clear, I think. Uh, he, he wants an answer. You know, he wants God to be there for him despite the fact that he's not been there for the Lord. He wants God to be faithful to him despite the fact that he's not been faithful to God. And, and Mike, sometimes the Lord is. I mean, the Lord is, is gracious, right? I mean, he'll, he'll treat us far better uh, than we deserve. And, and other times it seems like, you know, he'll... He'll just require us to be patient, to, to keep praying, Brother Wright. Maybe the Lord desired that he would just, you know, keep, as you said, keep praying, search the scriptures, be patient as, as long as he could. But um, listen, sometimes you just have to say, well, what is it that I know from the word of God that applies to my situation and then apply it to your, your response to that situation, Right. Mike, we might feel like we're getting pulled down a certain road into, into certain things that are not holy, that are quite sinful. Well, I don't have to wait to hear back from God uh, in, in my heart, right? The Lord speaks to us today primarily through his word, right? Uh, I know he's called me to stay separate from sinful things. And yes, I should pray for strength to do that, but I really don't need to feel like I'm hearing back from the Lord in, in my heart to know that he would have me to stay separate from sinful things. And so uh, today we can expect to hear from the Lord most clearly through his word. Don't, don't forget that. Don't forget that. Uh, the Lord was dealing with men a little bit more directly, no, no doubt, before the canon of scripture was closed. And uh, I think we would say of a necessity, but today we have the completed Bible and, and it is, it's sufficient. It's, it's what we need. Anyway, um, Saul doesn't hear from the Lord. And so rather than thinking, well, okay, Art, based on what I know about who the Lord is and what I know that he's revealed through his word and uh, at different times in, in the past of, of the history of the nation, um, he could just act on what he knows and continue to pray, right, like we would. We would just act on what we know and continue to pray. He didn't do that. He said, if God's not going to answer, basically said something like this, if God's not going to answer me, maybe the devil will. He really said something like that because he went out and he looked for a witch who he could consult, right? Um, basically, if, if you're going to do that, you're basically saying, if God won't answer me, uh, maybe the devil will. Um, he goes and he looks for a woman with a familiar spirit, a witch for all practical purposes, and asks her to conjure up uh, Samuel so that he could get advice from Samuel. Now, was Samuel a prophet of the Lord? Was he? He was, right? Samuel's a godly man. (laughs) But he's, is he alive or dead now? He's dead. He's gone. And the Lord has specifically prohibited his people from seeking to be in contact with the dead. That's necromancy. It's specifically prohibited in Scripture. People do that all the time, though, today, don't they? Brother Art, they, they go to fortune tellers. They go to spiritualists. They use Ouija boards. By the way, there's probably nothing 
I was, I was going to exaggerate it. Maybe. Ouija board's very wicked, right? You want to you get into trouble spiritually, break out the Ouija board. That is not for us. Uh, most of the time, there's nothing happening there. But when there is, that, that is demonic. And that ha we, it has no place in our lives. Um, I'll tell you a story, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to do that. Um, my Ouija board ended up in a fire, Brother Art. That was the best place for it. Amen. That's, that's where it belonged uh, when I was a kid. Um, the burn barrel out behind the house. <laughs> Back when you could burn garbage, Brother Mike. That was a good place for it because it was garbage. What you say? That's where it belonged because it's garbage. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> people consult the deceased all different kinds of ways today for comfort, for advice, for, for different reasons. Um, it's prohibited by the Lord and it, in most cases, would never be that person, but rather it would be a what? A demon. That's real, right? Demons are real, but they aim and desire to deceive. And people say, but, but the, the, the person knew so much. They knew this, that, and the other thing. Uh, and how is that? Well, demons know a lot too, right? They've been around. They've been watching. Uh, they can, we're, not, we're not exalting them. It's just, it's just the facts. Uh, they know an awful lot, so they could say a lot through a spiritualist, a fortune teller, Ouija board, whatever it is. Uh, they aim to deceive. Well, Saul's frustrated that he's not hearing from the Lord, so uh, he is choosing to go uh, down the road of an occult practice. Uh, Lord, help us to not go there. Help us to never be so frustrated with you, uh, Father, that, that we would never go down the road that Saul is on now. I think one of the reasons this is here is that people are tempted this way, right, Brother Ray? Uh, people are tempted, even believers sometimes. Uh, they're, they're not satisfied with the answers they find in Scripture. They're not satisfied with God's response to prayer. And so they begin to dabble in things that they should not. And you know, I'm, I'm quite sure that that's one of the reasons why this passage is here, to remind us that, no, this is not for us. This is profoundly offensive to the Lord and, and not for us. Well, see this in verse 7. Saul said unto his servant, Seek me a woman that hath a familiar spirit, essentially a witch, uh, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And her servants said to him, Behold, there is a woman that hath a familiar spirit at Endor. So, yep, sure enough, this is the witch at Endor. This be a small town about seven miles to the north uh, of where Saul's camp. So uh, somehow these men knew that she was there. Probably she had a reputation for being impressive uh, in the practice of her craft. And so they knew about her and were able to quickly recommend her. Uh, Saul puts on a disguise and, and goes up to meet with her. Uh, disguise probably for a couple reasons. Um, the enemy was all around there, so he didn't want to be recognized by the enemy Philistines, but he didn't want to be recognized by the, the woman at Endor either. Uh, verse 8, Saul disguised himself, put on other raiment, and he went other clothes. Two men with him, they came to the woman by night, and he said, I pray thee, he asked her, divine unto me by the, the familiar spirit. Uh, hey, you've got a familiar spirit. You've got, you've got this, this spirit, this demon. He specifically asks her to do it that way. Uh, bring me him up whom I shall name unto thee. He says, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to conjure up a person 
from paradise, as we said before, uh, that I will name. That's, that's what I'm asking you to do. I'll name the person. You, you conjure up that person. Now, Gary, she's going to agree to do that after some um, hesitancy. But I, w- I, would, sh- I would be pretty sure that she, what she would expect, but there would be some kind of demonic response to that, right? That would be the typical thing that she would expect. Uh, when she brings up uh, Samuel from Paradise, I think this was quite a surprise to her. See her initial resistance, first time. The woman said unto him, Behold, thou knowest what Saul hath done, how he hath cut off those that have familiar spirits and wizards out of the land. Uh, wherefore, then layest thou a snare for my life to cause me to die. She says, listen, you know King Saul, is, he's dealt with uh, all, all of those that, that uh, practice uh, these things. You trying to get me killed by the king? Uh, what, what in the world? And Saul responds, she doesn't know it's him. Verse 10, Saul, swear to her by the Lord. Uh, isn't this ironic? He swear to her by the Lord, saying, as the Lord liveth, there shall no punishment happen to thee for this thing. Uh, that's... That's pretty ugly. Uh, he certainly could not swear to her by the Lord that she would not experience some consequence, uh, chastening, or, or worse, uh, for practicing that which is prohibited by the Lord. Woman asked Saul, um, who, the woman asked, forgive me, who Saul uh, desire that she conjure up? Verse 11 says this, then said the woman, who shall I bring up unto thee? Saul answers, he said, bring me up who? Who is it? Samuel. He said, bring up Samuel. He wants to consult Samuel what he should do because the Lord has not answered him. So he goes to this witch and says, you conjure up Samuel. Do, do that now. I, I need to consult uh, with him. Verse 12 says this, when the woman saw Samuel, uh, when the woman, woman saw Samuel, she cried with a loud voice. I think she was most surprised that she actually did conjure up Samuel. Why, why would she be so surprised? Mike, perhaps she knew that a lot of what she did was fake, uh, but I think she also knew that what wasn't fake was demonic. I, I think she almost certainly knew that. She probably faked a lot of what she did and, and got paid for that. She did her best. But when something real happened, uh, she knew that it was it was not of the Lord, it was demonic. So when, Sam, when she did her thing, practicing her craft, however she did it, and Samuel appeared, apparently she was most surprised. She cried out with a loud voice. She screamed. She, 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 was, she was that shocked. The Bible says the woman spake, spake to Saul, saying, Why hast thou deceived me? For thou art Saul. How did she know? How did seeing Samuel know that he was Saul or, or, or show her that? I, I don't know exactly, but she realized that if he was asking for kind of the, the prophet of, of the land, uh, the recently at least, recently the prophet, uh, this was probably the king making this request. So she, she figured out that the customer uh, was Saul. Verse 13, the king said unto her, Be not afraid, for what sawest thou? Now, the next part of verse 13 is a little bit challenging. Uh, verse, the next part of verse 13 says this, The woman said unto Saul, I saw what? What does it say? Gods. She says, I saw gods ascending out of the earth. That's very interesting. Brother Ray, there's, um, there are other places in Scripture where 
uh, that lowercase g-o-d or lowercase g-o-d-s, singular or plural, um, is used not as a reference to the Lord himself, but rather as a reference to someone who occupies a position of power or authority. So uh, some important person. There's several places in the Bible where that word is used. Translators make it with lowercase g because they understand this is not uh, God's like, like the Lord. It's not the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That wouldn't even make sense theologically. But um, that, this word is used sometimes as a reference to we might say important people. For example, and you could just make a note, uh, in Psalm 82 and verse one, this is a Psalm of Asaph. Uh, God's is used there. Uh, the Bible says there, God standeth in the congregation of the mighty, he judgeth among the gods. Uh, there Asaph is talking about the Lord's judgment of the mighty, those who have power uh, and authority amongst the people. And he says, hey, God judged everyone, uh, common people, mighty people. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. So that's just one place where this word is used that way. So if you take that knowledge and kind of come back to the second part of verse 13 in our passage tonight, you say, you see, the woman said unto Saul, I saw God's ascending out of the earth, it would seem to be that she's saying, hey, I saw, I saw some important people coming up, uh, coming up from paradise. Well, Bible pretty clearly shows us that paradise is um, probably at the core of the earth. It's, it's in the earth. Uh, the place of punishment, hell's the same place, the other side, right? The other compartment there. The Lord allowed her to see into that place, evidently, and, and evidently, she sees Samuel, uh, it's plural, so probably Samuel together with other prominent Old Testament people uh, who were gathered there with Samuel. So she, she's not saying, I saw gods like the Lord or like Greek or Roman gods. She's saying that, hey, uh, the Lord permitted me to see um, important people, prominent prominent people in this place ascending up. Well, uh, I think Samuel's probably the only one that ascends, or at least he's the only one that, that gets addressed. Verse 14, he said unto her, uh, this is Saul speaking to the witch, what form is he of? And she said, an old man cometh up, and he's covered with a mantle. That's a robe. Uh, and Saul perceived that it was Samuel. Uh, he seems to be right, and he stooped with his face to the ground uh, and, and bowed himself. Uh, this is the deceased Samuel uh, ascending up or being conjured up, if you will, from, uh, from paradise. Uh, Brother Gary, I think the witch at Endor is pretty surprised by this, to say the least, and I rather suspect Saul is too. Uh, he's, he's down on the ground. He just, he, I don't think he can hardly believe it. I realize this is what he want, went there to accomplish, but the fact that it's actually been accomplished would have been, I think, quite an extraordinary thing for, for all of them. Now, by the way, you probably know that there, there's a debate about whether the witch at Endor, Brother Ray, actually conjured up Samuel, or was it a demon? like what she would normally um, expect to conjure up. And I think we have to say 
for a number of reasons that, no, this is Samuel. This is Samuel. Um, why, would, why was she so surprised? Well, this, this was different, right? She, what she experienced was clearly different here versus what she normally accomplished. And so she knew this, this was something different. But the Bible says here in, in more than one place that this is Samuel. The Bible says that. And Mike, that's all I need to know is the Bible says that, uh, well, in verse 14, Saul perceived that it was Samuel. And then in verse 15, say, see this. Verse 15 says, and what? What's, what does it say right there? Verse 15, and who? What does it say? Samuel. It says Samuel. It doesn't say demon pretending to be Samuel. It doesn't say anything like that. The Bible says, and Samuel said to Saul. This is Samuel speaking to Saul. The Bible really doesn't permit this to be a demon like what that witch would have normally accomplished. Um, you, could, you stop back and say, well, well how is this? Uh, how is this? Rich, I, have to, I think we just have to say the Lord is allowing this at this time because he has chose to. The Lord has chosen to allow this woman to call upon Samuel uh, and to conjure him up. Marilyn, she, Samuel would have to be a, this would be a spirit um, form of Samuel. Um, he's a deceased man, so his spirit is separated from his body. Uh, the spirit would be that portion of us that would that, of them that would go to paradise. Um, when uh, when will you get a perfected resurrection body? When will you get that, Gary, with the perfect perfected eyes and all of that? When will you receive that? We'll be at the rapture, I believe, at the rapture. Um, when we die, if I die today, my spirit will go to be with the Lord. My body will go into the ground. Uh, it'll be resurrected and perfected at the rapture, and then my body would be reunited with the spirit, right? Uh, the re perfected body. So that, that's also true, of course, for Old Testament believers whose spirit went to paradise before Christ freed them and released them, might be a better word, released them to uh, the third heaven. So this be Samuel, not bodily, but spiritually, visibly uh, Samuel. Uh, and God's allowing this for God's purposes. Not a typical thing, certainly. It's most extraordinary, but, but God is allowing this for his purposes. Verse 15, again, Samuel said to Saul, why hast thou disquieted me uh, to bring me up? He says, Saul, what are you doing, man? Why are you bringing me up from paradise? What is going on? Uh, he didn't like this at all. Saul explains, uh, Saul answered, I'm sore distressed for the Philistines make war against me. Uh, and God has departed from me. Uh, and answereth me no more. Well, he felt that God had departed from him, but he knew that God was not answering him at this time, neither by prophets nor by dreams. Therefore, I've called thee that thou mayest make known unto me what I shall do. Uh, God, wouldn't, God wouldn't answer me, so I went to this witch and had her conjure you up, and, and here you are. What, what should I do? That, verse 16, then said Samuel, Wherefore then dost thou ask of me, seeing the Lord has departed from thee uh, and has become thine enemy? He says, listen, how much does it make sense if God will not answer you, does it really make sense for you to conjure me up? He says, what's he, what does he mean? He means, hey, that doesn't really make sense at all. Uh, Samuel understood that anything that he could offer, 
to Saul would have to come from the Lord, right? And if, if the Lord's not answering Saul directly, he's probably not going to show Samuel what he would, uh, as a prophet, what he would have uh, Saul to know. So uh, Samuel understands this. He just said, hey, this doesn't make sense. What, what you're doing is, is sinful, and it doesn't even make sense. Uh, Samuel continues to address Saul, verse 17. He says, and that the Lord hath done to him... Let me, let me catch my breath here. And the Lord hath done to him as he spake by me. The him here is evidently David. Uh, and, right? And the Lord hath done to him, David, as he spake by me. For the Lord hath rent the kingdom out of thine hand, your hand, Mr. Saul, King Saul, and given it to thy neighbor, even to David. So uh, Saul reveals once again, I'm sorry, Samuel reveals once again to, to Saul that uh, your, your disobedience has caused the Lord to take the, the, the kingdom from you and, and to give it to David. Now, that hasn't happened yet, but it's, it's about to happen. We're getting quite close to that. Um, and Samuel just begins to pronounce sort of this doom upon Saul. Um, and, and all this is based, Mike, on things the Lord has already revealed to Samuel, uh, you know, all these things that have been revealed before, Samuel reminds Saul that he's in the situation that he's in because of his disobedience to the Lord. See verse 18, conjured up Samuel, says to Saul, because thou obeyest not the voice of the Lord, nor executest his fierce wrath upon Amalek, therefore hath the Lord done this thing unto thee this day. He says, listen, be reminded, Mr. King, you've been very disobedient to the Lord. And part of the Lord's chastening is that he's not answering you right now. He's not giving you the guidance and direction that you desire. Remember, please, on Sunday night, we looked at Psalm 31, right? And one of the blessings that David talked about uh, receiving from the Lord after he confessed his sin one of those blessings was the Lord's guidance and direction, right? Uh, this, is, this is what Saul wants. He, he wants the blessing without the confession. <laughs> he wants the blessing without the confessing, Mike. And the uh, Lord wants him to be right with him. And, you know, if, if Saul had repented of his various sins and gotten right with the Lord, I don't think we'd be in this situation that we're in right now. But he hasn't. And, and Samuel is just reminding him of that. Verse 19, he says... Uh, Samuel continues to Saul, Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with thee into the hand of the Philistines. God is going to give Israel uh, to the Philistines in battle. And tomorrow, he says, you know what? Even tomorrow shalt thou and thy sons be with me. Where is Samuel? He's dead. He's been in paradise. And Saul says to Sam, forgive me, Samuel says to Saul, Samuel says to Saul, um, listen, tomorrow God's going to give Israel into the hand of the Philistines and you and your sons are going to be with me. What does that mean? What does that mean, Rich? Well, they're in paradise, yeah. He says, you're, you're going you're gonna to die. <laughs> you're going to die also. You're going to be with me here in, in paradise. Uh, Jesus said something like that to the, the man on the other cross, right? This day you'll be with me in paradise. Um, paradise was still a thing then, right? We understand that. Um, so 
yes, this would be difficult for Saul to hear because Samuel, Samuel is now prophesying new information evidently from the Lord and um, prophesying that Saul and his sons will die the next day. Go ahead, Rich. I believe it does, yeah. Yeah, and people debate that, right? Was, was Saul saved? What, was Saul saved? You know, he's so wicked, he acts so wicked all the time. Uh, is, is he a saved man? But right here, based on this passage, very astute, my brother, uh, I, we could argue that, uh, yeah, Saul, Saul was saved. Uh, he's, he's a picture of a, a believer who's just living disobediently, right? You could be saved... Uh, and, and live disobediently. We know that. That should never be the case. It, it needn't to ever be the case, but uh, evidently that's, that's who Saul is. He's a picture of a saved person um, who is living disobediently and suffering the consequences of his disobedience. Um, it, this is the New Testament thing, but in 1 John, is it in 1 John 5, the Bible talks about a sin unto death, right? Uh, that's, for, that's a New Testament principle that sometimes... Uh, the Lord will call someone home because of certain sin. Their sin is so great, he just won't let them continue on. Uh, we think of that as a New Testament principle, but we see that, I guess, we, we should say even more clearly all, all the way throughout the Old Testament. So, um, yeah, I, I would agree that he's, he's saved in, in that he is, Samuel is prophesying that he and his sons will be in paradise the next day. Um, Verse 20, we're almost done here. Then Saul fell straightway all along on the earth and was sore afraid. Yeah, he was afraid before. I'll bet he is afraid now. Because of all the words of Samuel, there's no strength in him. For he'd eaten no bread all the day nor all the night. This woman offers to feed him. The woman came unto Saul and saw that he was sore troubled. Said unto him, Behold, thy handmaid hath bade thy voice, and I've put my life in and I put my life in my hand, and have hearkened unto the words which thou spakest unto me. Now, that, now therefore, I pray thee, hearken also unto the voice of thine handmaid. Let me set a morsel of bread before thee, and eat, that thou mayest have strength when thou goest on thy way. But he refused, and said, I will not eat. But his servants, together with the woman, compelled him, and he hearkened unto their voice. So he rose from the earth, and sat upon the bed. The woman had a fat calf in the house, and she hasted and killed it, took flour, and eated it, and did bake unleavened bread thereof and she brought it before Saul and before his servants they did eat uh, then they rose up and went away that night he's so distressed by all this that he can't eat and of course that's that's understandable um, Richie's saved evidently but he has not been living right and um, clearly <laughs> And you know the the religious stuff that he did in in putting away or or putting out uh, these practitioners of witchcraft, it didn't get him right. Just made him a little bit more religious and in, or obedient in one area. But he had he had not gotten right with the Lord on so many things, and he's going to suffer chastening as a result of that. Not the loss of his salvation, but actually the loss of his life. Um, sort of the ultimate, ultimate chastening, I think we would agree. Um, and this is so distressing to him that, that he can't eat. We understand that. Mike, it's just so much better, isn't it, to obey and to, to be at peace with the Lord in our obedience. And 
when we mess up, because we do, right, all of us, just be quick to grieve, to confess, uh, remembering what David said in Psalm 31 on Sunday night, just, just get right uh, and, and know all the blessings that come with confession. That's not where Saul was, um, and you see nothing but uh, correction and judgment and distress. I don't want that, and I know you don't either. I don't want that for you. Let's, let's ask the Lord to help us be a people who stay right with him and seek his grace, his strength, uh, to do just that uh, for his honor and for his glory. Let's stop and pray. Father, we do thank you.